Speaking of Ireland, do you guys know the fastest growing capital in Europe in terms of population? It's Ireland because every day it's Dublin. I didn't get it. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't get it? Kate, what do you mean you didn't? Every day it's Dublin. Oh, that's it terrible. Was, it's a dad joke. We're not allowed them. And now it's time for the Techie You Drive at Five with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Techie You Drive at Five. I am your host, Dan Taylor. And we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming back at you once again this week, but a little bit earlier. It's Thursday. Happy Easter, everybody. Yay, happy, happy Easter. Easter. Yay, happy Easter. Well, I, I don't know about the rest of you out there listening, but Easter to me translates into chocolate and federal holidays. Amen for federal holidays. So we do have a lot of stuff to get through this week. I mean, it's a short week, but man, there has been a lot of news. Kate, you've been busy. Very yeah. busy. Talk, talk me through prop tech. Yeah, it's all prop tech this week. Um, so when we talk prop tech, we're talking about obviously the use of technology in real estate, housing, um, the built world, um, infrastructure, physical locations, things like that. Um, there was a report this week out by a sustainable prop tech investor called AO Prop Tech, exploring the use of AI tech in um, built, the built environment. What they've found is over the last five years, 25% of built world venture deals are in, are in business leveraging AI. And comparing that to fintech startups, you're only looking at 15%. So we're actually getting more use of investment in um, prop tech, which uses AI compared to fintech. That's a pretty big shift in, um, in the use of tech. And so when we talk about this kind of AI, we're talking about things like robotics and construction, obviously my friend IoT, digital twins, generative AI, things like that. And it's what's really interesting here is we've also seen the um, Series A, A deals grow. So originally over the last five years, they started off about 20% of these venture-backed deals. Now we're looking at about 50%. So wow. it's a pretty sizable increase. Yeah. I might add there's also a constant growth of startups coming out of the um, the woodwork. And this is everything from transactional real estate, um, things like using generative AI for billing and transactions and smart contracts to buildings and green construction and green materials. So some really interesting stuff happening. And this is a trend that I really encourage people to dig into because it's going to stay, it's going to really grow in the next um, the next few years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Fintech obviously gets a, a heavy coverage with with AI. But actually, I you know, before you did this write up and, and dug into it, I actually had no idea that this was happening. There's really that much AI. I mean, you know, I, I remember, of course, I mean, I think we all did with the, the VR type of like, imagine what your room will look like. But I, I saw in your article that, you know, AI is taking it even further. I mean, and this is just one aspect, but AI is mm. taking it even further where I can really have a good idea of how that kitchen I'm going to spend way too much money on to redo actually looks like. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is it's actually turning um, tech into actionable um, things like plans and, um, mm. you know, a kitchen plan that you can email to a, um, a cabinet maker, someone who's making furniture. Um, you have a, a digital twin or a blueprint of your home so that when you move, you can leverage that for the new the new buyer, all these yeah. kinds of things. So there's some real competitive advantages in this space. I just like the name of the uh, investor, AO PropTech. 
Yeah, I never really knew if I was pronouncing it correctly. Because for the listeners, it's A slash um, O. So maybe there's another way you can say that, but I'm just calling it AO. I'm going with my pronunciation. I think that's that's the way it's meant to be said. But uh, I see that you also... Uh, pulled the rug out from under Fiona's feet. You got in on the Ireland deal before she could uh, get to it. What, what's going on in the uh, over on the Emerald Isle? This is an interesting one. It's a startup called Home Buyers Hero. Um, you're talking about people coming from real estate and also macroeconomics. A couple of people put put this together. Um, bootstrapping, kind of, you know, early days startup that's worth keeping an eye on. So mm-hmm. what they're actually doing is they're looking at. Um, home vacancies in Ireland. Currently, there's over a thousand property, a hundred thousand, sorry, properties that should be livable, but are sitting vacant. So maybe someone owns a second property. They tried to maybe rent it out a few years back or to sell it, weren't able to, and it Mm. just still sits there. So now they're actually partnering with um, officials in different counties to use their, their platform as a way to sell these basically sell these properties, combine them with um, with what buyers are willing to pay and kind of create a new way of doing this kind of real estate. And I think it's um, I think it's really interesting because we so often we're always talking about, well, you know, how do we get from a startup to real world changes and structural changes? And if you're mm. doing something like getting people into housing, you're partnering with councils, things like that, very significant. Right. One thing I might add with this startup is that they have actually struggled to get um, funding, things like um, Enterprise Island, those sort of organisations, mm-hmm. because their idea of prop tech and um, uh, real estate tech seems to be fairly focused on SaaS. And so, mm. as you know, as we said with our original story here of generative AI and the built world, we're going to need to see some flexibility from some of these funding bodies when it comes to leveraging that that money that they get to creating new new business opportunities. And help me understand this a little bit better. So are, these are houses that are, or homes, I should say, uh, mm. they're up for sale and just nobody's buying them or, or yeah, what? Um, a lot of them are just sitting idle, like they're not even on the market. Mm-hmm. Someone has tried to, maybe they've tried to sell them previously and not been successful. So they've just taken them off the market. Oh, so right. it's a staggeringly large amount of housing when you consider that whenever we talk island, we're always talking about hearing about housing shortages, rental shortages, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is, is this happening? I mean, I would imagine Dublin, of course, but is this countrywide or... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting with sort of one area with the with the plan to expand. At the moment, they're focused in Mayo County, um, working with the council there to really leverage their tech as a way to bring these vacant homes back into use. Okay. Fiona, help my geography. Where's Mayo County? It's on the west coast of Ireland, and I personally was delighted to see this uh, yesterday because the housing crisis is real, obviously, in Ireland. Um, I just read a headline that I checked again there this morning. Maybe if they are suffering for funding, they could tap up the government because apparently the Irish government received backlash today for failing to spend $1 billion on housing. So they have underspent on their housing. So, you know, if somebody's going to give them a little bit of funding, perhaps the government will. Yeah, and one thing I'd say about this in, in sort of um, in final is that um, that I know in Ireland the government has passed laws that um, 
counties are able to take possession of vacant properties that are not being used and, and to, to buy them, to, to rent out. But there's not really been a way of how to do that. And this creates that kind of nexus between an idea and making it happen into getting these properties into people's hands. And that's what I like about it. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, if the UK doesn't work out, I like the beer, I like the whiskey, and it seems like uh, there might be some houses available in Ireland soon. So Fiona, maybe we'll be neighbors soon. Who knows? Moving on, uh, Robin, I see your show notes. Man, you, 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 ready? Go. You've got a lot to talk about. What there's like funding rounds and acquisitions and scooters in Paris and hit it, man. Take it away. I know it's actually quite quite an active week. But first, a shout out to Quantexa, uh, the UK-based data analytics company. Uh, they specialize in tackling financial fraud, other forms of online crime. Uh, by providing tools to banks, insurance companies, public sector, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, they <laughs> completed a 129 million Series A funding round at a $1.8 billion valuation. Uh, but the shout out is not for that part. The shout out is for the fact that they didn't actually mention the words AI <laughs> or machine learning on their website or in the press release, even though they actually do. Hmm. So I kind of I kind of admire them for that. Do they, do they have some blockchain as well? Or? <laughs> none, none of that. It's all nice. about like data, wow. decision-making, intelligence. So they're Good. a grown-up company. <laughs> Good. So shout out to them. Uh, and then uh, a noteworthy acquisition, uh, I think, uh, Acorns, the American micro-investment uh, platform. They've acquired GoHenry. For those who don't know, it's a UK-based digital banking startup focused on uh, particularly educating kids about money. Uh, they acquired them for an undisclosed sum. Uh, it's an all-stock deal, uh, but it also shows how much faster sometimes American companies can really grow because both of them were founded in 2012, so more than 10 years ago. One in California, the other one in London. Uh, and you can very quickly see the difference in, in the pace of growth that they had. Uh, Acorn's customers uh, at this point have invested more than 16 billion euros. Uh, Go Henry's customers, on the other hand, have saved 130 million dollars uh, in the last five years alone. That's that's the numbers that we got. So you can kind of see how much bigger Acorn's got in so little time. Uh, they were valued at 1.9 billion last year in the 300 million dollar funding round. Um, Go Henry, on the other hand, have only managed to scrape together 121 million dollars in funding to date. Nothing to sneeze at, but you can see sort of the the gap there. Um, now, what do you need to know about this deal? Not much more than that. But employees and backers of Go Henry are basically rolling over their equity as Acorns will use GoHenry to expand in Europe. Um, just for your information, the UK company was also active in places like France, Spain, and Italy, and last year acquired a company called PixPay that has now become part of Acorns as well. Just speaking to the the growth there that you were just talking about, I mean, do you think that has, an, it has to do with market size, right? I mean, 300-something yeah, I mean, million Americans. Obviously, it's a lot more difficult to expand country to country in a place like Europe than it is to mm. to make a mark on the U.S. Yeah. Well, all right. Go Henry is uh, gone. Well, acorned. It's planted. It's I don't know. There's something there. I'll have to work that one out. But uh, does anybody have scooters and e-bikes in their town? Yes. Yep. And I use them all the time. probably 20. Yeah, me street. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have them. Uh, in, in London, the scooters have a designated parking zone, which is great. I like it. I use them too. The bicycles don't. Uh, they are sidewalk or pavement, whatever your vernacular is, litter, in my opinion. And uh, Paris agrees with me. Robin, what do you think? 
Yeah, so for those who don't know, the Parisians have voted to ban rental electric scooters in their city. And that's really all I have to say about that because it's been analyzed to death. Mm. Uh, but essentially, it's quite a surprise even to me. And uh, the mayor of uh, Paris said she's going to respect the decision uh, from the voters. So the likes of, uh, I don't know, who's there? Void, Tyre, all of these are going to be kicked out of Paris quite soon. Low voter turnout was... Yeah, it was like 7%, I think. Yeah. Which, you know, it shows you the power of complaining. You know? Yeah, true. You can, you can change government policy with a very small number of people. Speaking about changing uh, things, Fiona, I'm neither fit nor anywhere close to the rest of the title of this company. Tell us about fit, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, this uh, probably became a popular story on tech.eu because of the title more than anything else. But um, there was a new dating app launched in the UK last week on Friday called Fit FCK, um, which if you say it fast enough, sounds like fit fuck. Um, the app, which is aimed what? at gym goers. Sorry, I, I didn't catch that name. How does it sound? Come again. <laughs> so the app, which is aimed at gym goers uh, who want to date other gym goers, um, and it was um, created out of um, frustration. Uh, the founder, James Weeks Hobday, he is a personal trainer and a bodybuilding competitor. And um, one morning at five in the morning, while he was on the treadmill training for his latest competition, his girlfriend came in, she'd had a few, and she was slightly ticked to find him obsessed with his body again on the treadmill, and she dumped him. So he decided, what can I do to change this issue, I'm going to create an app solely for people like me to find other people like me. So um, that's what you did. The only name um, of an investor that Starab would give us is um, that Tim Stokely, who is the founder of OnlyFans, um, has invested in the company. And um, they've, they've already gone through their seed money rounds and they're going for their Series A in the summer. Um, they said that they've got plenty of people interested in. Incidentally, they have 25 private investors who no one will give any names. Um, the app Ooh. is building a brand, and this seems to be the aim here, given that it's built such a large following pre-launch through Instagram. Um, but this comes as no surprise. Um, there's, of course, the little uh, issue of a tether tat of a famous UK brand of a similar name cements the idea that um, this is all about the brand and the name and that the tech really just is a launch pad on the side. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning is that aside from this being exclusive, and I call it exclusive because at the end of the day, they are excluding anyone who does not post gym or sports pics. So basically, if you have a profile and you put up any pics that are not gym or sports pics, you will be off the app. But they are going to be moving to a paid-only model in a few months, separating it from many of the more common dating apps in the market. Um, and if they didn't move to that model, like Jamie says himself, they may as well be on Tinder. So what do you think of that app? Well, whilst you were giving us the rundown of what was happening there, I headed over to Unprompt and put my face in and the bodybuilder prompt. And well, I'm, I'm set. I'm I'm good to go. I can I can join this app tomorrow. It's in no way representative of the real me, but <laughs> can I just point good. out that we 
We need to see that picture in the show notes. <laughs> a really fun one this week, and it's not a huge amount of money. Uh, Hyperjob. They are based in Riga. They raised uh, 435,000 euros in a seed round. What they're doing basically is they're applying uh, marketing tactics to the whole recruitment process. They're looking to use conversion rate optimization metrics to put uh, highly targeted job offers in front of the right people at the right time. Uh, they're using things such as interactive vacancy pages, automated and personalized LinkedIn and email outreach sequences, which of course can be A-B tested. And they did mention the AI-driven candidate suggestions. Now, this is nothing super special. It's not a huge amount of money, but it is one of our most visited articles this week. And I'll tell you why, folks. The photo shoot they did for the founders photos is unbelievably cool. If you haven't seen it, you will you go techie, you, you'll find it. Uh, and I highly encourage any founders out there, if you're coming out with any type of announcement, go look at Hyperjob because that is how you do a photo shoot and you get attention and you melt servers. Uh, what else? What else? Have Ooh, Sweden. Fun things from Sweden and electricity and water which usually don't go together. But X-Shore, which is, uh, has been referred to as the Tesla of the sea, I'm going to guess based on the initial sticker price of their first boat, but, it, but they said it's, they're, they're bringing it down. Uh, they got another 26.6 million this week via SEB Investment Management, which of course is the investment arm of Swedish bank SEB and several undisclosed new shareholders. I wonder if those are the same shareholders who are investing in FITFK. For Maybe, the fuck, I think. Fit, fit. <laughs> but the uh, the new the new uh, influx of capital is aimed at ramping up production of the X Shore One, which, in my opinion, looks a hell of a lot cooler than the original X Shore boat. Uh, and of course, they're going to be taking on the U.S. market because people in Wisconsin, you know, lots of lakes there, boats, 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 and more boats. Uh, so good on them. And Still Ride. This is a personal favorite of mine. I cannot wait to get my hands on one of these. I don't care if I have to travel to Stockholm just to see one. They revealed the final designs for their electric motorcycle and the price tag. Ooh, is everyone sitting down? 15,000 euros for an electric Ouch. motorcycle that does look shockingly like an electric moped if i'm mm, honest it does it does it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of cool it, it is cool is mm -hmm. it fifteen thousand euros cool i'm not sure but to be fair for fifteen thousand, you get uh you get your hands on the first run i believe they're calling it the founders production line it'll be hand numbered and signed and have ready black fenders as opposed to silver fenders uh, uh the top speed is rated to be uh, 100 kilometers per hour with a range of approximately 120 kilometers uh and ju just of note and this one i find very interesting one of the co-founders it's a swedish name i'm gonna butcher it i promise it's tua buyer i'm gonna go with tua buyer uh he uh, has worked under the tutelage of giotto biarazzini and if that name is not ringing any bells, Giotto Perazzini is the creator of the legendary, and I do mean legendary, Ferrari 250 GTO and the Lamborghini V12 engine. So for the gearheads like myself out there, those are two very historic cars. And one of the guys who is the co-founder of Still Ride worked under 
the designer of both of those icons. I guess that's about it from my side. I mean, that is a lot of news. Fitfk, uh, boats, houses in Ireland, and of course, Robin's got one more thing. <laughs> I do. Tamara from our team, shout out to Tamara, you're amazing, thank you so much, uh, has done uh, a little bit of research on the first quarter of this year, which is now past. Um, and looking at the first quarter of 2023, uh, we monitored about 14.3 billion euros uh, being collected by startups uh, across uh, a little over 1,200 deals, uh, which is not really a cause for celebration at all. It's around 56% less uh, compared to the same period uh, last year and around 36% uh, less compared to the same period in 2021. So the numbers are going down. The only silver lining here is that uh, if you look at it month by month, in January, the, the drop was around 60% compared to the year before. Then it was 70% in February. Now it's only 40%. So I went to the VCLP conference in Amsterdam last week, and uh, boy, are people scared. Mm, I agree with that. Scared and scarred. Nervous cats. Well, listen, I think that's about all the time we have for the Drive at Five this week. As always, my name is Dan Taylor. I've been joined by Robins Underwater on Xylophone this week. Ding, ding, ding. Kate Lawrence laying down the triangle track. And as always, Fiona Alston is giving us more cowbell. That's it for us this week, folks. Happy Easter. Go eat some chocolate. Get outside. We are out of here.